Hello and welcome to the Canada's History Podcast. This is James Gillespie, Art Director for the Society. Today, I am here speaking with GMB Kamichek, writer and illustrator about the artistic process for one of our upcoming articles, Macabre Discovery, dealing with the story of La Corriveau, a Quebec folktale dealing with the unjust witch trial leading to the execution and public display of the remains of Mary Joseph Corriveau. Welcome, Gregory. Please, tell us a bit about yourself before we continue. Hello, James. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I am a writer and an illustrator, so that means I write for some illustrators and I illustrate for some writers, and I write and illustrate my own work as well. And I like to tell people that my work ranges from the heartwarming to the blood-curdling. So when I was asked to do this illustration for you guys, I got to go on the other end of the spectrum, and I was pretty glad for that. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly why we hired you. We've worked with you in on uh, a past illustration project for the uh, Haunted History series, probably done in about 2014. When this particular project came up, I thought my job as the art director is to find and choose the artists and then see if they're willing to work with us, hire them, and then we go through the artistic process, which is what we're about to discuss right now. And uh, for this particular story, I just felt your particular sensibilities for sort of dark and uh, and creepy, you know, fit so perfectly into this. My perspective of, of writing this is I come, I create a, an artistic brief, uh, provide the artist with uh, the article and some reference materials, and then I bring it your way. So let's talk a little bit about once you've read through an article and received an artistic brief, uh, what's sort of your initial stages of, uh, of process? I think the initial emotional content is, okay, well, you're well known for drawing scary, creepy things, and you have to just sort of get used to being asked for that and Mm -hmm. not take it personally that people find your work a little bit disturbing once in a while. But love it or hate it, as long as they feel something, I think that's good. The art direction that I received, uh, what was really engaging to me about it was that it was based on a historical account. It's a folklore story that has a real-life history element to it, and that was quite intriguing. The gibbet, or the cage for the, that inhabits the ghost skeleton, um, has been interpreted a number of different times in different ways throughout history, because those who had seen the real one had never illustrated it before, so we were always dealing with second-hand, third-hand, fifth-hand accounts, um, and to suddenly have a real reference to draw from, I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of special. So I have a question for you, James. The Corvo has been illustrated a number of times throughout history. Why did Canada's History Magazine feel it needed a fresh take? Well, when I uh, prepare a creative brief, I like to do a fair amount of research myself. Uh, and when I was going through the research, well, generally what we may even do for these magazines is we search out the historic art or photography that may be involved. And when, uh, when we are finding a sort of a a lack of content, uh, then we usually seek out an illustrator to help us. And in this case, uh, there were some depictions of it, but they were not as terrifying or as scary or as interesting as we were hoping that they'd be. They they would have these scenes that were well-composed, but almost juvenile in execution. So when we thought of who could have the sensibility that we required to produce the art, uh, your name popped up immediately. And so we contacted you. And what I did was I composed my creative brief. I brought it to you and, uh, and 
then we started the conversation of what could you produce to help us achieve our goal of creating an engaging article. So once I come in with you with a creative brief, which is a brief description of the artistic requirements, uh, and then I provided you with the article and some sample artwork, uh, what's the next step for you? The first thing that I do when I receive a creative brief is I take the my initial uh, visceral response to whatever I'm reading, wherever my emotional content is, the first image that comes to mind, I draw a rough, quick illustration, usually on the back of the script or brief I've been given. So you're um, using pencil and, and paper? For yeah, just process. grab the closest pen and I just um, try to capture the shape language that comes to me first. Okay. Now, in our creative process, uh, I'm not privy to that thumbnailing process. Uh, what I get from you is a what we would call a rough, uh, and it, can't, it comes to me usually in a digital format. So what is the what is the process between your uh, initial thumbnailing rough stage and creating a digital rough that you would then send to me for approval? Right, dear listeners, this is the equivalent of your math teacher asking you to show your work, right? So for me, uh, showing my work is, uh, step one is lots of very small, very quick gestural drawings that are just trying to capture the composition and the space that it's going to take up. In the brief, it explained that it would be a full page illustration, so that changes the dimensions that I might work with otherwise. It also showed that there would be a title, a masthead sort of title treatment, not a masthead, but a like a footer. So it changed the relationship of where that image is gonna sit in relation to the words. So I did lots of rough illustrations, but I became captivated with getting the cage to look just right. This gibbet, there were a number of illustrations of it throughout history that just showed it almost like a giant bird cage. But unfortunately, as with so many of those cautionary tales uh, that were told to children throughout the years, the reality of it is a lot more horrific. And the getting that cage right was a sort of a, a horror story in and of itself. You know, just looking at how those all those pieces fit together and where they fit and how they fit and why they fit. So that was sort of the next step for me. And then asking about whether or not I could change, I sent, I sent a message saying that I wanted to um, remove the element of the ghost grabbing onto someone and instead have the ghost reaching towards the viewer or the reader. Which we were fine with. Uh, and so when the roughs arrived in my inbox, uh, we reviewed them and they were, uh, they were really good. It was definitely moving towards the direction that we were looking for. And then my process, once I uh, receive something like that, is to create a bullet-pointed list of various different alterations that we may request based on a conversation between me and my editor. In this case, uh, the hand was reaching out, but the fingers were straight, and we wanted them to be curled and, and menacing, re menacingly reaching out towards the reader and you made those changes and from that point on we really knew that we had the main composition so once i've approved the initial rough what's the next step for you for me is finding some emotional content also actually underneath the composition so one of the reasons why i took out the sort of obvious step of having the ghost accosting a person the reason for that or one of the reasons i wanted to do that was the corvo legend is based on a sort of a really tragic event and as soon as I put a character being menaced by this spirit, we have to somehow feel pity for them or feel some sympathy for that person who's being menaced. And I thought the person that deserved the sympathy was the woman in the cage. So I figured that would uh, 
give me something to work with. And originally I had that hand reaching forward, the one that we changed more to be called like almost like someone asking for help rather than, you know, reaching to grab hold of you. But then you have to swing back towards the the purpose of the illustration, which is to show the fear inherent in the folk story and why people are scared of it. And so the next step for me was just separating the foreground, midground, and background layers of the illustration so that they were as close to being finished but still movable as far as a digital illustration goes so that I could send them back to the magazine so that you and the editor could say more of this or less of that. Which we did. Uh, we had a few more adjustments on the hair and the hand and some of the placements within the composition and some of the textural elements like trees in the backgrounds. But once we'd settled in on that, the next level that we usually work with is color. So if you wouldn't mind telling us about how you work with color, that would be wonderful. And we can move on towards the final refinements of the, uh, the illustration. Well, the next step to send to an art director is usually... Uh, as many options as possible. So I sent a number of different eerie, creepy color schemes, and I think they were influenced by the fact that I was looking for reference for the hair, and I was looking at underwater references for how hair moves underwater, which I think maybe uh, set my expectations that it should be blues or greens or something along those lines. But then when that bounced back, it was the idea that, no, we want the reds and the oranges and that horror element of the you know, fall forests to come through. So it was interesting how my research impacted my color theory and then the needs of the magazine course corrected that. Absolutely. From the perspective of someone who's receiving art from an artist, it can be odd because sometimes you know what you want by being confronted with the options of what doesn't end up working for you. And so we were presented with more blues and greens and yellows. In the end, we decided that we wanted to go with something a little bit more demonic, essentially, in, in, in nature to seal the deal. Also, it's a little bit of juxtaposition, whereas the idea that it's kind of a, a wintry scene in a lot of the other art um, and, and presented as a little bit cooler, but we wanted something kind of warm and aggressive. And another point, too, is that I usually do sequential illustrations. So I have a tendency to hide more of an object or a character in shadow or in darkness because we're going to reveal more of them as you move through the story. But because the needs of this illustration were of a single illustration, some of the art direction I received was also to know we need to see more of this or reveal more of that or take some of that shadow out or take some of that mist out. So for me, it was, you know, people think when an artist is brought on to a onto a project that they're just sort of supposed to do their thing and do it unimpeded. But we develop all kinds of different habits as illustrators that are good for some things, but you have to know your audience and know what your illustration is for. And so got to do some different stuff for this one, which I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And so once we've signed off on the color, if you wouldn't mind speaking towards some of the final, uh, processes that you uh, that you go through before you send the final artwork to me at which then point I apply to the layout and uh, and work with the typography and the uh, the header and the deck of the uh, of the article would you speak to that for a second sure I, I treat Photoshop kind of like infinite collage so I'll make texture layers that you know I had a texture layer that was all the scratchy metal bits that would go on the cage a texture layer that was sort of a smoky, ethereal feeling that would go on the skeleton. I had a texture layer that gives some luminescence to the, you know, the spectral woman. And all of those things I can adjust either, you know, up or down depending on 
what the art direction is. So that's sort of my next step as far as that goes. Okay. And then when you have a final sign-off, do you basically just consolidate all of those layers into one solid layer at that point, creating the final art piece? Uh, yeah, the last step is, yeah, I sort of press it all down flat, um, you know, digitally in this case, but flatten it. And then my last thing is that I really love playing with the idea of a focus pull, like where the eye will go and what is in focus. And then I go in and blur elements of the illustration so that uh, I find that it gives a little bit of a kinetic feeling, like your eye searching for something and locking onto something and it's sort of the last thing you see, particularly in a ghost image, the idea that you wouldn't take it all in all at once, but some of it may be out of focus, thought was fun to play with. Well, it was certainly fun to work with you on this and I thought the product turned out particularly well. So if you're interested in looking at some of GMB Kamichuk's work, please check out the December-January issue of Canada's History Magazine, available on newsstands and through subscription.